0: Man, that was the funniest dang thing. I seriously thought there was something in my damn can of Coke. I'm on the mountain in New Zealand. What was a, a less than a week ago? And I pull out this little. All the all the sodas are like in the little bitty can. I mean, you can't even buy like a normal size can of, of soda over there. So all the bel- cans were like super small. And I shake it to go. Like, what in the heck? Oh my god! I literally thought there was a finger in there. <laughs> Just a piece of ice on the bottom. It the intersection of good drinks, good music, and good times. This is Hops and Spirits Bar Conversations.
1: I know you heard me say a while back it was our third anniversary of the podcast uh, this month. It's wild to think that this has been going on for three years. That's right. We dropped our very first episode of Hops and Spirits back on June 12, 2020. That's right. June 12, 2020. Uh, since then, we've done a few more podcasts. Officially, 149 uh, with this one, although there's a few extra out there, a couple special ones that, w- that we've done along the way. But 149th episode today, uh, or this one, that whenever you're listening to it, we've got a lot in store for episode 150 and, and some great guests moving forward from there, and also some changes to the podcast. And kind of the changes uh, start a little bit on this one. You know, you normally after I do my little quick intro, I kick it over to our tasting notes segment with whether that's with Chad Watson, Allison Settle, Kevin Patterson, Jake Solick, and so many others to talk about all things beer, uh, whiskey, cocktails, and food. Uh, but that won't happen this week, and it won't happen moving forward as we're retiring Tasting Notes for the time being. It's been a lot of fun talking to them. They've been so great, giving us so much information. If, you, if you're worried about not hearing them, don't worry. Chad, Allison, Kevin, and Jake and others will be moving to our sister podcast, the Hobson Spirits Kentucky podcast, where we'll be able to dive in a little bit deeper. And all those folks are based in Kentucky, too, so it kind of makes sense there. And uh, but don't worry we're still going to have some fun on the Bar Conversations podcast we'll still be talking with uh, some of your favorite artists some new artists maybe some that you haven't heard of as well uh, whether it's country music Americana country rock southern rock or maybe a little bit outside of that that as well from time to time that won't change like I said we'll be doing a few other things and you'll notice a few uh, more things especially if you watch us on Facebook or YouTube because the video will be trying to have a little bit more fun there as well but like I said, the conversations are going to continue because those are my favorite parts. And uh, we'll, we'll have a little bit of fun there as well. And in the meantime, don't forget to check out our sister podcast. Like I said, Hopson Spirits Kentucky it talks about all things booze, food, fun, uh, and arts and more here in Kentucky. It's a great chat. Um, this, this past week, we talked with New Griff's new CEO. Uh, we've talked with all sorts of folks from the, the alcohol industry and restaurant industry. So whether you're visiting, live here, or are from here, uh, I highly recommend that one. Or if you're more into just getting some bourbon uh, reviews and news and things like that, check out our Neat and Mix series with Brandon uh, and myself where we review different Bourbons and whiskeys, sometimes tequilas, maybe uh, some añejos. I can say it. I promise. <laughs> if you've seen that that video, uh, you don't want to miss those. Those drop on our social media uh, every week at Hop Spirits on TikTok, Facebook, Instagram, uh, and so many others that are out there. And you can get more at hopspirits.com. You know, but I don't want to waste any more time. Uh, Like I said, a lot more will be happening with episode 150 next week. But up next, for the second time, it's Lucas Hogue. He's got new music. His his show is back for a new season, and it's just a blast to talk to him. Enjoy.
0: Did you know Hops and Spirits is more than just this podcast? Check out hopspirits.com for our latest episode release, past episodes, interviews with interesting folks in the alcohol industry, and so much more. Just go to hopspirits.com. Feel free to wait until this podcast is done.
1: Joining us here for our conversation, he's back again. It's the second time here on the podcast. He's a chart-topping country artist, host of the Sportsman Channel Series, Hogue Wild, which is, when this is out, not when we're talking, but when this is out, the new season will be out. Welcome man, <laughs> <in> Lucas Hogue.
0: Heck, <laughs> 26th of June, season four premiere. Cheers to that. Ooh.
1: Now, now, I always ask this question, and I clearly see you have a drink. So, what are you drinking tonight?
0: Uh, I'm drinking the new Uncle Nearest rye. Whiskey. Ooh! Yeah, it's so good, super smooth. I wasn't a huge rye until I had this, and this is the good stuff.
1: Well, that, that's fitting then that I grabbed a rye with a little, little chicken cock rye, and
0: I've not had that.
1: I literally just popped it. So. <laughs> so, so, so rye is something that you're just getting into now bourbon before that. What, where were you at?
0: Yeah. So just single, single barrels and, you know, regular bourbon and like that, that I fell in love with. That's honestly their whiskey. I wasn't a huge whiskey guy before. I mean, there was, it was wine and tequila and beer for me. I mean, that was very much it. And then when I met, uh, on and Keith, the founders of Uncle Near's Whiskey. Um, we had a dinner one night downtown, and obviously that's all I was drinking was Uncle Near's Whiskey. You know, and I was like, man, at the end of the dinner, I'm like, I really like this. And they're like, well, here's a couple more bottles. Try these. And I was like, oh, yeah, heck yeah. It's on.
1: I like it. I like it. See, that, that's just how you end up figuring it out. Cause I wasn't a rye guy at first, but now I, I love it. And to me, it's sweet. Everyone else says rye is yeah. spicy and. But to me, it's sweet.
0: This this has a sweet, like almost like an almondly buttery finish, almost, and you can definitely taste the barrel in it. But man, it's I love it, I really do.
1: Now you said tequila, bourbon, beer. Do you, I'm guessing you mix them all in there every now and then, depending on where you're traveling to.
0: Absolutely, you know. It's I'm always a cocktails before wine kind of guy, and then if, if I'm on beer, it's pretty much beer all night long. But uh, <laughs> it's a uh, Cocktails before beer, for sure, and it's usually tequila or bourbon. And then we move into, like, wine, depending on what we're having for dinner. And, uh, yeah, I'm kind of a wine snob when it comes to that. I, I blame my friend Tom Gamble. Uh, again, I wasn't a huge wine guy at all. And uh, when I first moved to Nashville, I hated wine. I mean, I just hated the taste of it. And uh, my buddy Eddie Kaye, who was one of the founding members of Ricochet at the time, who had the long mullet, you know, the keyboard player. And uh, every time I'd come over to his house, he'd hand me a glass of wine. And I kind of, you know, I couldn't say no, right? I was like, yo, this is so good. Yeah, and, like stumbling all the way down. And, and after about six months of me coming over to his house and writing, probably once a week and, and stuff like that, I developed a taste for it. And one night, he didn't have any wine. And I was like, dude, where's my wine? He's like, oh, man, I'm all out. Well, we got to go to the store. <laughs> Get in the truck. You know? <laughs>
1: I love that. <laughs> I was going to say, I wasn't much of a wine fan. My wife really isn't. She's kind of gotten into it. But we went down to Patagonia in February. And down there, it's just meat and wine and some cheese. That's uh, you know that's all you're having for your meal for the most part. And, right. and so we got into Malbec's. And uh, now now I actually like red wine. And before that, it was like super sweet white. <laughs> and then uh, I jumped all the way to red. <laughs> yeah, like Sauvignon Blanc's and Sauter stuff like that <laughs> mm-hmm. so i did i did the, the the full thing now speaking of drinks i saw on a uh, I i think it was instagram or social media how good was that coke uh down, down there that you weren't sure what was in it <laughs>
0: <laughs> man that was the funniest dang thing i seriously thought there was something in my damn can of coke i'm on the mountain of new zealand what was a, a less than a week ago and i pull out this little all the all the sodas are like in the little bitty can i mean you can't even buy like a normal size can of coke. Of soda over there, so all the belt cans were like super small, and I shake it and go. Ding, 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 ding. I'm like, what in the heck? Oh my god! I literally thought I was a finger in there. <laughs> just a piece of ice on the bottom, tastes just like Coke.
1: <laughs> I was gonna say you just risk, risked it. You didn't. It didn't matter.
0: Yeah, I don't have a cup to pour it in. I'm just gonna go for it. See what happens. <laughs>
1: <laughs> now um, you also got to travel recently as well. You're in Belize for the. The uh, first Belize Songwriter Festival. How was that trip?
0: Oh, man. So awesome. Belize is one of my favorite places to go now. I mean, I started going there last year and uh, I filmed an episode down Choose Belize, which is a great company who has different properties all across Belize that you can, you know, go stay at and whatnot. And uh, I partnered up with them for this episode and I brought two songwriter buddies of mine down and, you know, about when we started talking about going down there, I said, you know, I'd love to maybe do a a impromptu song right around at the lodge that we're staying at and just see what happens. Maybe advertise it for a week or, you know, a handful of days before we get down there. And man, the reception was overwhelming. I mean, there was probably 150, 200 people and we're talking Hopkins beach, which is still kind of remote, you know, just now starting to come into its commerciality with lodges and resorts and hotels and things like that so it's very local still but there is a huge expat what they call expatriates down there that um, have gone down there to either retire or just you know change a pace whatnot so um, they all showed up in drove for this little songwriter round that we did that night and uh, I look over my other partner and I was like man we there's something here so we decided to start the Belize Songwriter Festival and it was a huge success this year got amazing partners and we're already talking to them for next year. We're starting, you know, tentatively, um, May 17th and 18th of next year will be the Songwriter Festival. You got to come down, man. Do a podcast. For- <laughs> dude, it's insane. The-
1: I, I would be down for it because that would be my birthday weekend. <laughs>
0: come on. Oh, perfect, dude. Stay at Jaguar Reef. That's where everybody's staying. And they've got the most crystal clear, gin clear blue plotters I've ever seen in my life and I've been all over this world, I've been to Costa Rica, everywhere, and there's nothing like these waters, man, and it could be the worst day in Belize, and it's still gorgeous, you know, and, you know, the only thing that is a bummer sometimes is when the, the sargasm comes in, it's that kind of seaweed that, you know, floats through, it's kind of seasonal, so you never know when the winds are going to change from Africa, and it blows it in from there, and, uh, Sometimes it hits at the wrong time, but man, once you get like past—I don't know—a mile past the beach, sometimes it is just whew, crystal clear blue water. I mean, hundred-foot visibility when you're scuba diving and stuff like that—it's just crazy. So much.
1: Uh, that, that is amazing, and I think that's what I, I've loved. Now that I, I've started to travel a little bit, my wife has been, been pushing for that for for a while. Like I said, we went to Patagonia and and Argentina and Chile and. You know, we're we're looking at a couple other trips for 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 next year. What's we got? Any other fun stories from your your travels? Any good ones that you can tell that you know won't get you in trouble anywhere?
0: <laughs> I, I mean, like I said, I've been traveling all this country. I mean, not only for the TV show "Hog Wild" the series, but during my music career too, I've been traveling all over the world. I mean, with the USO and AFE tours to Afghanistan, Pakistan, Iraq, Kuwait, Kosovo, Egypt. I mean, Hawaii. You name it. And I've fished in a lot of these places, too. And this year, finally, I had the best day of my life fishing out on, on open water. It was, I was incredible. I was down there at Crocodile Bay Resort in Costa Rica, Port Jimenez. And, um, you know, it's usually a, a, a good eight-hour boat ride with maybe a few, a few snags on something nice, right? This year was a <laughs> record year, man. We go out, and we're out there for, I don't know, 30, 40 minutes, and shoo, rods are bent to the water, man. We're getting 400-pound uh, black marlin, 375-pound blue marlin, uh, almost a six-foot Dorado, I mean, rooster fish, Jack Craval, you name it. I mean, just like, uh, this, this episode's just going to be good to get, 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 get catching, you know, finally an episode of catching instead of fishing and boat rides. <laughs>
1: Well, that's more what it's always like for everyone else. Right. Check out yeah. Hops and Spirits no, on the, social you know,
0: media. At all Hops Spirits, fish, all, all fish. one I'm word. Like, yeah, on no, Instagram, we don't TikTok, Facebook, and Twitter. Get you fish can to also be find like, oh, Hops and bang, Spirits on fish. YouTube no, and at Hopsspirits.com. That is just like, holy cow, amazing, amazing catch down there. We hit it right.
1: Well, it sounds like that was a good time. and, and for those that don't know how in the world did you end up hosting a tv show on the sportsman channel
0: well i mean and i, I attribute it to obviously my music um started growing up in a small town where that's all i did was hunt and fish and, and go to school and play sports and after, before school and after school we'd set traps and you know for coons and coyotes and whatever we could catch and it just stuck with me i mean that's part of my life you know so i wanted to keep that with me wherever i went you know promoting conservation and and hunting and trying to get other you know the youth back into sp- outdoor sports and things like that because it's it's kind of tapering off a little bit and um it's it's just something that was near and dear to my heart and something i love to do period the end you know <laughs> but but uh when i started traveling for music and going on tours i do all these sh- great shows and you know either people be backstage there were fans or or doing meet and greets and I'd meet these people because I was always talking about, you know, going hunting or fishing during my set and singing about it. And all these people would come and be like, man, I didn't know you liked to hunt. Or, you know, I'm glad you like to fish and all this stuff. And I do this thing every year, so-and-so here and there. I'm like, don't, don't ever invite me on something. If you don't truly want me to show up, <laughs> we'll be there 30 minutes early or a day early. Cause I'm ready to go, man. <laughs> That's how it started, man. I was, uh, I, I, I granted this lady her dying wish out in Pueblo, Colorado. Um, Gosh, I want to say back in 2016, 17, 18, somewhere around there. It's all starting to blur together. And um, one of her friends that was by her bedside was, you know, talking to me. And He's a big elk hunter, and I'd never been elk hunting at the time. And he's like, you bow hunter? I'm like, man, I'm just kind of starting to get into it. I've only been bow hunting for about three years, so I still feel like a newbie every time I go out. But I, I love it, you know? And he's like, well, if you want to come out, I, I'll take you elk hunting. And I said that exact thing. I was like, don't invite me if you don't want to show up because I'll be there. And literally he called me and we set it up. And, and man, it was off to the races. And, and been elk hunting with him pretty much every year since. And, and same way across the world, like friends would introduce me to their friends who know somebody who can take you there and this and that. And that's how I met a, a lot of the people that I've been hunting in New Zealand and Africa and all that stuff. Yeah friends who've been over there that know these people so it's it's just been one of those you know labors of love that i just i can't say no to because it's just in my bones you know i just love doing it and i love bringing people along with me and and, uh i say my guitar has been my passport just takes me all over the world because if it wasn't for my guitar i wouldn't be able to do any of this stuff because that's where i've met everybody is it shows or playing a songwriter night or or something you know
1: and and like you said be careful you get invited you will show up
0: i will i will and if i invite somebody you damn well better show up too
1: <laughs> that is fair that is fair and now that, i'm gonna ask you a really tough question here what do you enjoy more playing music or being in the outdoors
0: gosh that's so tough man
1: or is it playing music in the outdoors
0: <laughs> always the best right it's the trifecta back right there <laughs> uh, yeah i mean it really is uh hard to say which one's better than the other. They're all, they're they're amazing in their own differences, if that makes any sense at all. Um, being on stage and performing for people, I love doing that. And I love sitting around a fire or a small, intimate setting and just playing songs that I don't get to play normally from stage. It's like those intimate, you know, ballads or songs that, story songs that you don't get to sing as much. Um, I love doing that more than anything. But um, I just love travel in this world, and get to see it from every nook and cranny that there is to offer and meeting amazing friends now all across the world. It really is. I mean, I feel like I could, you know, fly over to wherever it could be, New Zealand or Africa, and I could break down and we'll figure out how to get you back to the States, you know? It's like, I've got friends all along the way. Oh, my buddy's got a ship. He'll he'll let you do all the, change the oil in it or something, you know? It's like all that kind of stuff. It's like, just, it's just meeting friends along the way, and, you know, that's what it's all about. Friendships, relationships, adventure, you know.
1: It's amazing what a conversation can do, right?
0: Amen. Absolutely right.
1: Now, is there any place you haven't, like, checked off your bucket list or any, like, try to a place to fish, hunt, or even just go, like, you know, like, I mean, have you checked off every continent yet?
0: <laughs> Not yet. I mean, I'm just scratching the surface, man. I'm just getting rolling. Um, you know, I've been to New Zealand a couple times now and, and we're so close to Australia and Australia is one of those places that, uh, I've always wanted to go. Even as a kid, I, I think one of my like book reports or one of those reports that you have to do in grade school, like with all the drawings, I think I still have that. It was about, uh, Sydney, Australia, you know, and all it has to offer. And, and, uh, I would love to go there and, and figure out how to either dive the reef and maybe do some hunting there for water buffalo or something. But yeah, I've actually got... A card here from a guy i literally picked it up today uh, uh going to australia so I'm, I'm putting it out there that's where i want to be next year so
1: hopefully I- you gotta put it out there in the universe and then it'll come true
0: exactly man <laughs>
1: <laughs> now now you mentioned you you grew up in, in a small town and on the last episode we we, we uh, last time we talked last year we kind of got into this but i love the story of how they helped you get to Nashville because that is so true small town. Can you tell that story?
0: Yeah, you know, I've been playing and music for years and in, you know, high school I'd sing with my dad and my brother and we'd help raise money for different organizations around town whether volunteer whatever and uh, never expected anything. We were just, you know, singing to, to sing. Somebody wanted to hear us sing. Yeah, we're going to sing for you. You know, that type of deal. And, and uh, we'd always do these these little, uh, events at the theaters or wherever. And, and the day finally came where I was like, you know what, I'm going to give this a shot if I'm going to go to Nashville and, and I want to do a, a big see you later bye, you know, for the, the town and whoever wants to come. And, and, uh, our little auditorium there in Chester, Nebraska, where we go to high school was, uh, you know, a nice little spot. I think it only holds like, it holds more than the town has population. I know that. <laughs> <laughs> And we packed that place, man. It was standing room only. And, you know, I brought in a bunch of other, you know, artist buddies of mine that were in the area. And my brother sang, my dad sang, I think my girlfriend at the time sang. And we were, you know, had uh, my buddy who played piano played. I mean, just whoever wanted to come and, and sing some songs and help raise money to get my broke butt to Nashville. Uh, I think the, uh, like the women's club and, and, uh, those kinds of organizations came together and they made quilts and sold like uh, baked goods and whatnot and that kind of thing. It was really cool, man. And my mom had a quilt made and everybody was signing it in the back. Like, you know, I still have this quilt. It's really cool. There's thousands of signatures on it and just people wishing me goodwill. And, and uh, it was, it was, it was fun to have that, but yeah, they were, I think we raised like 2,500 bucks and, and, uh, <laughs> I was Able to get my first apartment down in Antioch, Tennessee. That's the only place I could afford at the time, and uh, yeah, that's kind of a, the short and long of it. I guess it was pretty. <laughs> I think did like a two-hour concert with all my friends and and uh, had a great time. I
1: was gonna say it's amazing what a, what a small town can do, and and I also love too that you you know obviously country music's kind of where you're you're at these days, but you had a uh, Uh, what a southern rock band and a a uh uh, worship band in college (laughs) yeah yeah.
0: so right out of high school i I was asked to front uh the band southern cross and i think i think they're still playing like in the nebraska midwest area um and then uh while i was in college i went to the tech school in milford there and uh i drive to lincoln every wednesday or thursday whatever it was for uh worship night you know at the Lutheran chapel there on campus and uh i was the drummer there for a while uh for extreme devotion i don't know what they're doing anymore still around or not but yeah i was i was i was hitting it all at all angles man i was sinning during the week and praising jesus on the weekend
1: <laughs> it's a good balance a good balance right you gotta have it all right now, now, I was going to say, what did you grow up on that you know was kind of the, the music that you loved or, or maybe that just kind of stuck with you to this day?
0: I'll be honest with you. It was literally every single genre, um, and I was saturated with it because I was the youngest of four, so I had two older sisters and an older brother and mom and dad, and every time we'd go somewhere, if we weren't like singing our own songs in the car, I'd have to listen to whatever they wanted to listen to. So it was anywhere from rock music to country music. And then, you know, growing up, uh, I was farming. So whoever was, you know, playing whatever in the in the tractor and stuff, and, and, you know, I had to listen to whatever. I felt like I never got to touch the dials on a radio until I turned like 16, 17. I was like, no, this is my, don't touch my, don't touch my radio. <laughs> but I was literally listening to everything. And then I think my senior year of high school, I took a, a, an extra job like cleaning the floors and stuff and refinishing the wood floors for gymnasiums for schools and stuff. And my buddy, uh, Everett Roop, he loved listening to like fifties, sixties, like malt shop music. You know? So I got that (laughs) like education in fifties music, like doo-wop stuff, man. I thought I was getting a hit from every angle. And I, I fell in love with it all. You know, there was nothing that I was like, Oh my God, this is amazing. Until I heard Garth Brooks. And Garth's music was something that was like, okay, this feels like kind of like, uh, like rock and country and, and a little soul all kind of slammed into one, you know? So I was like, this is cool, you know? I'm not just hitting one particular genre. And that's kind of what started getting me into listening to more country music. And that's what opened my mind up to, oh, who's writing these songs? You know, that's who I really gravitated towards was the songwriter. And when I found out, it was like Paul Overstreet and Skip Ewing and Michael Peterson and all these guys that were not only amazing artists on their their own right, but they were writing the hits for all these big artists. I was like, dude, that's cool. How do I become that guy? You know, (laughs) how do I jump on that train? But uh, so it was pretty fun. You know, that's kind of what my musical, I guess, repertoire was just getting slapped in the face with everything playing around.
1: (laughs) well and i think that shows up with with the songs that you do write and the songs that you do put out so where where does that what goes into writing a song for you or or picking a song
0: you know uh picking a song is easy because it's it's like i just have to i have to hear it i'll listen to thousands of songs you know i'll put them in my truck and i'll just rip it and i can know within the next like 30 seconds i'm like no sorry that's that's too old, or that's dated, or that's not going to fly these days, whatever, I can write better than that type thing, you know, that kind of thing. And then I'm constantly writing all the time, you know, when I'm not tri- touring or off, the, or off the road, or you know, not shooting show, I'm always trying to write, and get in the studio and record as much as possible. We're trying to do that right now, is write and record for something in the fall to come out. Um, but, yeah, it's 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 easier, me, it's easier to pick a song than it is to write my own song like it.
1: <laughs> your harshest critics oh, God, a great
0: song you just wrote a great song like, yeah I think it can be better you know <laughs> I'll, I'll, uh, now, mind screw something forever you know
1: <laughs> now did you write uh, duck blind or was that one that you found
0: oh no I wrote that one
1: <laughs> <laughs> so where did that one come from
0: <laughs> I was having an honorary day and I was like you know what screw it I think we, you know I just got back from a duck hunt in uh, Arkansas and, uh, man, it it was fun, and it was close to the end of the season, so there wasn't a ton of ducks, but, man, I'd never seen a duck camp like this ever before in my life, and it was a private camp, so you couldn't even pay to go there. You have to be invited to come, and uh, phew, it was gorgeous, man. I mean, just insanely gorgeous. The biggest duck blind I've ever seen. It was three stories, has a living room in it with, like, big screen TVs and, and you know, a full kitchens and it's three stories and they've got theater seating out there for you to you know chill out in until the ducks come i mean just crazy crazy and uh yeah so i, I was like man if there was a duck blind ever that you could get something going have a party and it was that so kind of wrote it around that <laughs>
1: If, folks, if you haven't, you need to listen to that song. It, it is a, a fun song. <laughs> now, now, your latest single is Nowhere, and I, I think I've had that on my playlist for, for a good while. Yeah. How did that one come to be?
0: That's actually a song that I uh, that was pitched to me by my producer. Uh, Jason Massey pitched that song to me accidentally. So it was already on hold by like another artist here in town that they would never tell me who it was. So it was probably a decent-sized artist. And uh, man, I, I literally heard that. that was the first song he, he sent, and he calls me probably four minutes after he sent the emails, like, "Hey, uh, don't listen to the song that says nowhere on it. I, I can't pitch that." And of course, that's the first song you listen to. And he's like, "Well, why not?" Boom, and I fell in love with it. It took me a year and a half going after the songwriters, uh, publishers, talking to everybody that has that owns a piece of that song, I'm like, "Hey." I have to I have to record this song I mean that's where I'm from it's nowhere I was sending them pictures of the gas station you know in our local area that literally has like nowhere you're in nowhere you know Nebraska and they're like finally I, I just beat them down you know it's just like I have to have this song I have to have this song and when I finally was able to get permission to record the song because that takes thousands of dollars right just to go in and record um, I had my whole entire tour set up for Hope Wild, and I knew I was going to be in New Zealand, Costa Rica, Belize, Louisiana, New Mexico, Puerto Vallarta, all these places. I was like, boom, I'm going to shoot a music video in every location that I, I filmed for, for Hope Wild, and we're going to make it one music video, so it's going to look like we spent a gazillion dollars on this thing because we're in all these exotic locations. And you know, it didn't, which was really cool. I think it turned out really, really well, and uh it was just a really fun song to be a part of i'm um, thankful to low cash and drew baldridge and jason Matthew who wrote the song who uh finally gave me permission to, to cut it so that's fun
1: i was gonna say it's it's a great song and the video is awesome as well i mean how much fun was it to shoot that all over the world
0: oh my gosh it was so cool i mean thinking about the end result every time and the fact that you could every every music video we did stand alone so we could do an entire one
1: you know, wherever
0: we were at and, um, to be able to put them all together. And, and it really looks spectacular. Like,
1: I mean, go
0: to all those places and shoot full long length music videos. It's, it's pretty unreal.
1: And then, uh, you know, you mentioned you, you, you were doing the, the show, but you also just got off tour recently with Chapel heart on their glory days tour. Yeah. How was that?
0: Oh, it was fun, man. They're, uh, they're girls and we had a lot of fun out there. i actually uh, filmed an episode with them. I took them on their first turkey, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> uh, it was it was fun. They're very very chatty, so it's hard to get them to kind of zip it and be like calm and quiet and not move around and And it was unfortunate because there's three of them and only one of me, so I wanted to be with all of them. And then um, it's there was one that uh, tree. She's the the kind of no hair one. Skinny, you know, all ex-navy. She wanted to go out and stock in turkeys. I was like, oh, okay, good luck. I mean, well, i will do my best. You know, it's <laughs> hard to stock a turkey. It's like we sit still and call them in. Um, but we did, we did good, and we got a lot close. But we nothing so that we could harvest, which is unfortunate. And then the first day, the girls, I put them in a big box blind, so I knew these, I knew this property perfectly. There's little like pathways where these turkeys come every single day and the first probably two hours into the sit these like three toms come walking under the blind and they're having trouble like they didn't have the guns loaded or nothing and they're like ah you know like crazy and the turkeys are gone so they didn't even get shot off it was unfortunate and then at like we spent three days trying to get them turkeys and then, <laughs> and then at the last day after they leave i'm going to like clean up my pop-up blinds and pick up all the decoys and just clean up the property a little bit so the my buddy didn't throw me out you know and, and i'm literally pulling into the pasture and this giant tom probably a t- beard dragger is right in front of me and i'm literally in i think this shirt and like these gray like him shorts and i have my shotgun with me in the truck and i'm like okay i'm sorry i worked too dang hard not to walk out of here with a turkey park the truck, sneak around the back of it, sneak up over this little knoll, and blast this turkey. <laughs> I had to. I had to. I couldn't not harvest a turkey. Oh. Was <laughs> they were they were was just, happy with me.
1: <laughs> they're like, you couldn't have waited one more. You couldn't have called us back. <laughs>
0: yeah. All the hard work. You we're know, sitting in blinds for like nine hours. You know, they're like barely eating and drinking so they don't have to go to the bathroom and And then they leave, and like I go in the pasture, and 15 minutes later, I come back with a 10 inch beard turkey.
1: Well, but that, like we said on fishing, sometimes that's how it works. Hunting, that's sometimes how it
0: works. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Uh, Crazy.
1: Now, you you mentioned, you know, you got the the show coming up, the new season. What can folks expect on on the new season?
0: Oh, just, I mean, bigger and better. I mean, every year we're we're trying to go to new locations and some of the some of the past locations that i just love to go to like going back down to louisiana to go gator hunting just in a different way this time than we have in the past so a lot of times we were going in like early afternoon and we change hang uh, hooks and trees with with chicken on them and then we come back the next day and check the hooks and this year we didn't do any of that um we did a lot of just uh, spot and stock and uh, gators from the bank which man that was so much fun because these gators you see them swimming along and and then uh, you kind of just pick a point and you, you shoot them if they go down you go back and you, you get in a little jumbo or you try and grapple hook them from the bank so it's it was a blast man i had some of the that was probably the funnest gator hunt i've been on uh, that was going to be a good one uh, costa rica is going to be lights out i mean amazing uh fish after fish new zealand Went back over there, just got back about a week ago, um, right before a uh, national festival here. Uh, gosh, where else we we going? Montana. We, we did a fly fishing trip up there, but we didn't do like drift boats or anything like that. My buddy said, hey, I, I run a fishing guide service up here, but I don't want to take a drift boat and I want to go like up in the mountains and in people's like back country of their properties and fish all these little streams and brooks and that have never been fished. And I'm like, well, I'm not a great fly fisherman, but you know, a few more pointers, I'm sure I could probably pick up on uh, some better tips. And he's he's one of the best, AJ Coulter, uh, just a great guy. And man, it was, I had a blast. I mean, walking, I mean, 20 miles a day. Dreams, probably one of the funnest uh, fly fishing trips I've ever been on. And we did a lot of great catching, man. It was so much fun. And we have to knock on people's door for permission. Dude. He, uh, I called it contraband. He was out picking like uh, huckleberries and blackberries and blueberries and stuff all across. And he'd bring like big bags of it and say, hey, can we go uh, fish, uh, you know, this mile section of your river on your property. Here, here's some huckleberries, you know, I'll be a huckleberry. Yeah. <laughs> we went and that's how we'd get to go fishing. You know, if they said no, we moved on. But I think nine out of ten people said yes. So It was really, really fun.
1: Well, sounds like a, an a amazing season, and we we're talking about too how you have been working on some music and you got some songs out. Mm-hmm. I guess, like you said, working toward an album for that too.
0: Oh yeah, constantly work on that, and with the way that everybody has to deliver music this day and age, it's, I feel like you have to be recording every month, and you know, three or four songs a month to feed the to feed the beast. <laughs> you know, it's 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 crazy, uh, where it used to take a year or two to get a song up the charts. Now it's not up in like 24 weeks, and it's, it's done. I'm like, gee, that's crazy. And you put so much love and, and effort and money into recording these songs, and that, I feel like the industry is going to disposable music, like like vehicles these days. It's like everything's disposable, and it's nothing has that longevity. So I'm trying to do something a little different to where, uh, you know, I'm releasing them in ways and not always full production stuff. I'm working on kind of more of a songwriter album, songs that people will never, ever, they just won't see the light of day, just because they're not the commercial, you know, what people want to hear, or whatever, so hopefully that does does pretty good. It gives people an insight to how I like to write songs. They're very cowboy songs. I'm not a cowboy in any way, shape, or form. You know, I'm just a country boy, but, you know, I write with some of the most amazing songwriters in town that have been here for many, many years, and they're all cowboys and And uh, it's it's real fun to write with those guys, man. It really is. Take the countryside; it's we all inter intermingle, right? It's all it's all part of the same. (laughs) Exactly. My cowboy hat doesn't have the full rim around it; it only got one rim.
1: Well, it works though. It it, it works. It, it, it And I know by the time this comes out, it'll be close to the end. But you've got a giveaway with the Sportsman guy that wraps up at the end of the month too.
0: Yeah, you know, we're we're always trying to do some stuff with those guys. Sportsman's guy is one of my favorite sponsors. They uh they get it. You know, they they have a great online presence. You can get anything there, dude. I mean, I just got a log splitter and a wood chipper. We had storm blowing through here, and uh, I just bought this this property, and man, it seems like half the trees fell over so I'm, I'm out there chopping and splitting and chipping wood whenever i can and I, just, I didn't know that you could just have them shipped right to your house they come in like this big wooden crate and boom they're ready to go it's pretty wild
1: <clears throat> at the, you just know, anything can get delivered uh, uh, at any point and, and it's amazing what what can happen and then yeah i know too like you mentioned you do the uso tours all that you know you do a lot of charity work a lot of humanitarian efforts work with the military why are those type of things so important to you too
0: man i mean that's just something i started doing at a young age obviously it's kind of where the music took off was giving back you know if people needed some entertainment we were there to to give it away and and we kept doing that over the years and and you know finally got to point where music was paying for itself and i knew that i still wanted to keep giving back wherever i could and there was a few organizations that, that really were near and dear to my heart um uh, the military being the one, the most that was, you know, calling out to me to go do something because I didn't serve, you know, my, my dad and my uncles and a lot of my cousins were all in the military. I mean, it goes back to Vietnam and further, further back than that. I feel like some of them haven't come back from Vietnam. There's, they're still going through some stuff, but um, it's, it's just something that I, you know, I want I wanted to do it, felt led to do it, but then it just didn't pan out that, that it was in the cards for me. So I knew that I wanted to give back in some way, shape, and form whenever I could. And And these tours started popping up, and I've been going overseas for the last 13 years playing for our servicemen and women um, over Memorial Day. So we'd go a week before and stay a week after and uh, just uh, trying to shed some love and take people out of their brain space for a while. We call it kill the groundhog over there you know, because things can get pretty monotonous, you know, and, uh, not being close to loved ones. is a tough thing. I can't, can't imagine some of these guys and girls are over there for eight, nine, 10, 12 months at a time and more sometimes if they re up and, and opt out for different things. So it's, it's the least I could do, you know, I feel like it's a minimum, unfortunately, but I can always do more, but I try and do as much as I can.
1: Well, like you said you, you you've been able to make some amazing connections and that that I'm sure has helped out out there as well and like you said the the when this episode drops your your show will be starting the new season you got you're working on some new music so do you ever take time off or are you always busy?
0: I no, I, I don't think we ever have any time off, you know. If we're going somewhere like when we went to Belize uh, and started that festival it was a selfish reasons too cuz we wanted to go back to Belize more often. And, uh, we'd go down like a week before the festival, not only to start setting it up, but, you know, just to have a little downtime of our own, you know, we're trying to hopefully get a property down there so that we can, you know, frequent it more, <laughs> have a place to stay that doesn't cost a fortune. But, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's usually just tacking on a day before or day after to kind of decompress from what we've been doing. Um. I don't think there's ever any downtime, especially, you know, now that I've got Christmas tours and stuff going too. You usually take off Thanksgiving and Christmas when you're touring though, you don't do anything, but now I'm ramping up. You know, it's like, oh, tour season is all year long now. <laughs> well,
1: it's a good thing. People still want to want to hear your music and, and they still want to, you know, see, see your shows. So, uh, right. you know, that's a good thing. And. Obviously, we're about halfway th- through the year. What What's the rest of 2023 look like for you? Oh,
0: man, it's it's literally so busy. I leave uh, for Saskatchewan to go uh, up to, uh, sorry, Ina Lake Lodge. I don't know if you're familiar with that place. Uh, this place is a fishing dream, man. Um, you have to fly into Edmonton, Canada. Now, Edmonton, yeah, I think that's just what it is. Edmonton, Canada. Take a, a little... Co- like commercial flight to another spot where then you get into float planes and you just, you know, you're popping around to all these cool little lakes and staying at a lodge at night, popping off to another lake in the morning. And uh, some of these lakes have never been fished because the Ena you know, Lake Lodge, like, owns all these lakes. And it's a private lodge that, I mean, you have to pay a lot of money to go fishing. And it's just incredible. They, I mean, pike and stuff are just I can't even, that's, I mean, that's, I mean, I'm, my hands are way <laughs> off screen, dude. <laughs> I mean, they're huge. So uh, a friend of mine actually owns this lodge and he's like, Hey, you want to come up and do an episode here? I'm like, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> we're going up there. I'm bringing my cinematographer with me. It's going to be a beautiful episode. And then I'm back in town for another week or so. we got a bunch of shows throughout the summer festivals and, casinos and whatnot and then i go back to uh alaska to bear creek lodge i believe it's a songwriter event that uh, there's some you know uh some regular fishermen going up to this other place but then they bring songwriters come up and then we fish with them all day and then we perform with them around the campfires at night and this one is very similar to the saskatchewan thing but we're all staying in like wall tents you know on the river or on the on the lake and and I can't wait to do that one because we're still like popping in with float planes and all these little places. And then I'm um, going to Hawaii to hunt Axis deer in Lanai. Um, scuba diving trip somewhere we haven't decided yet. I think it might be down to the Roatan. Um, to go down scuba diving. And then, you know, planning the new festival for next year, the Songwriter Festival in Belize. And then we just got asked, I got <laughs> asked today, it's like, hey, I hear your, your Rider festival is really successful. You want to do one here and come. I'm like, it's oh, opened up a can of worms, man.
1: <laughs> well, then it's just travel. You just do. It's just vacations. Yeah, it's like
0: <laughs> episodes, all these places. And I hope they're all successful, but you know, everybody's trying to outdo the other person. They're like, Oh, well ours will be way more successful than that one. We got so much, so many more people that'll come, you know? I'm like, yeah. Okay. let's try
1: so like you said you're staying busy
0: very very busy it's just it's busy enough right you know you don't want to let's guess it's better to burn out than fade away right
1: (laughs) absolutely absolutely now now see i'm supposed to go next year at some point up to british columbia cool, up in canada you got have you ever been there you got any advice for me up there
0: i have absolutely no advice uh for Canada whatsoever man saskatchewan will be the first real like Canadian trip I've done I've done some uh, music festivals in uh, Prince Edward Island but that's like I consider that still Maine you know <laughs> it's it's Canada but i far from Maine you know so uh, that's that's as far as I don't know anything about Canada
1: of all the places <laughs> they're ba- of all the places <laughs> literally just north of us and you've not been there
0: <laughs> I know it's, our, it's America's at it <laughs> You never go in the yeah, anymore.
1: <laughs> now you're never going to be invited back. I'm just kidding. They're too nice. They'll invite you back. <laughs> I know.
0: Try to get uh, get rid of Trudeau. I'll come all the time.
1: <laughs> uh, well, Lucas, dude, this has been a blast. Thanks for for sharing a drink, talking music, trips, fishing, hunting, all that. It, I, I appreciate it as always.
0: Yeah, man. No, call anytime and share some some bourbon. Maybe I'll. I'll Break out the tequila next time. I got the bottle of tequila. I can't even picture the. It comes in a. Somebody sent it to my wife as a gift. I know, right? Another dude. (laughs) (laughs) My wife a gift. (laughs) No, a business associate. And it comes in this like white and blue box. And man, this stuff was
1: delicious.
0: I mean, I'd have to go look at the name, and I'll text it to you. But I was like floored how good it was. Super smooth. Super smooth.
1: Now, see. Speaking of tequila, I, so I can't stop the episode because we're talking tequila no, now. Going, was not. I'm, I'm. Was not a huge.
0: Thirty, dude. We got lots of time. Son.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say. See, it was never a huge tequila fan. My wife loved it. Well, she still does. But she always had blanco, and yeah. Uh, right. Finally got an añejo the other other day. Thomas Red's Tequila, okay. aged for like thirteen months in bourbon barrels. Woo, smooth.
0: Really, I have not tried his his stuff. I'll have to check that. You know what it's called.
1: Uh, Do- Dos Primos, two cousins. Okay. Because uh, it's him and his cousin, and and the añejo is like I said, age thirteen months and bur- used bourbon barrels, and it's got that like vanilla from the bourbon. Okay. So it's smooth. It's not like that instant burn of like a blanco tequila, and then it's got the little you know the tequila down down the throat. But the, the it was smooth and vanilla. It was like whoa, this isn't right. <laughs> nice.
0: Have to check it out for sure. I love it. love it. Absolutely. Hey, I'll, I'll go get some tonight. <laughs> well, <laughs> there, there you go. Maybe not. I've had a couple of these. So.
1: Well, hey, like you said, maybe you can get it delivered.
0: out here, I don't, I literally, just, <laughs> I, I sold my place in Nashville and we moved out to Columbia, which is great I love it out here. It's peaceful. It's quiet. Um, it was getting pretty rough where we were at. We were off uh, in the Creek hall area of Nashville and, uh, Probably once a week we had the police helicopters kind of like circling our neighborhood. and We'd have gunshots going on. I'm like, hey, I got, I think it's time to go. I think that is our sign.
1: <laughs> sometimes you just know. Sometimes you just know. I've got a few stories that I can tell you about where I, I lived at one point in southern West Virginia. It's been mentioned uh, on another episode. I don't think I need to mention it again, but you got to be careful where you live sometimes.
0: <laughs> you really do. So do. So do. <laughs>
1: But there is something to be said about having a little bit of property, a little bit of space.
0: Yeah, it it, it calms you down. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. It's pretty, pretty crazy and stressy in the, in the you know, growing up on a town of forty four people. It's like I'm starting to revert back to it. If I could go back, I'd probably do an RV. But uh, yeah.
1: Oh. Well, <laughs> Dude, I I appreciate it. I will will give you a cheers as we go out, and and thanks, man. This was fun.
0: Find more from Hops and Spirits at hopspirits.com. Thanks, everybody. Bye.